You're listening to the Modern Web Podcast. For more podcasts, videos, and events, find us online at modern-web.org or follow us on Twitter at modern.web. That's M-O-D-E-R-N-D-O-T-W-E-B. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Modern Web Podcast. My name is Tracy. You can follow me on Twitter at Lady Leet. I'm your co-host for today, and I am joined by the lovely Debbie O'Brien. Hi, Debbie. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy to have you and to be able to chat a little bit more today. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yes. So um, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? I mean, I know you, but I'm sure a lot of our listeners do not. Really? They should all know me. Come on. I'm they should. <laughs> and they will now. <laughs> So yeah, my name is Debbie O'Brien and I live on the beautiful island of Mallorca in Spain, although I'm originally Irish, but I moved here because it's sunny and warm and nice. Um, And yeah, I used to be the head developer advocate at Nuxt and I still do a lot of stuff at Nuxt um, as an ambassador, but I'm now working at Bit as the head developer advocate. And yeah, you can always just find me around in the open source world, just kind of like contributing and making things better and helping people out and and if you don't find me on the computer, I'm running in mountains and cycling and having fun. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That sounds amazing. And Mallorca sounds amazing as well. So totally jealous. <laughs> it's not, bad. not a bad place to be locked into. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so so your new adventure. So I know you're, you know, you're not at Next anymore, which we love all the amazing work that you still do for the community um, with Next. But tell us a little bit more about Bit. And uh, this is, you know, it's a very interesting thing that you guys are doing. And I'm, I'm really loving it. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, it's, it's totally different to what I was doing at Next, but yet also kind of in a way similar, but not similar. I don't know. It's hard to explain. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's open source as well, which mm-hmm. is one of the things I love about it because like, you know, I love the fact that Nux is open source and, you know, you can still contribute to it. And Bit is open source, which means we have like, um, see, it's kind of hard, right? If you're going to explain what is Bit. So people mm-hmm. have never heard of Bit before, like what is Bit? So bit.dev, if you've never gone to the website. And um, basically it's a way for you to share components easily across um across teams across platforms across applications so that you can like scale easier right so that you can create faster um quicker applications because like you have all these like say components right mm-hmm. and it's not just components as in like view components or react components but components could be microservices they could be uh serverless functions it could be middleware right so mm-hmm. any type of components and you can basically create them um, you can easily then share them into different applications. Your team can also work on them. Um, and one thing that's really cool is you can like import it into your project. So some people say like, oh, it's like NPM, right? Because you're packaging your component, yeah? And, you're, and But we use NPM, right? We use NPM or Yarn. So when you're installing like your NPM package, your library, um, and you use it, you don't have access to it to modify it, right? It's in your node modules and you can modify mm-hmm. it. But with Bit you can import your component and then you can, if you have rights, okay? If you don't have the, the rights to modify, you can't modify it. Right? But if you have admin rights to that component, you can bring it into your workspace, you can start editing it, and then you can actually just tag a new version. So then you can like, I don't know, fix something, change something easily in your application, then tag it, and then all the others who are using that component then can also use it. So it's a really, really nice user flow and it makes it like, yeah, it's super fun to, to work with. 
So, yeah, I mean, when I when I hear you explain that, I think about uh, the conversations that I have with a lot of enterprise teams, right? Mm -hmm. So you have, you know, 10, 20 teams here and there. And, you know, everybody tries to build like a reusable component library. Yes, that's been the conversation. And and it still is a conversation. So it sounds like bid is kind of trying to solve that problem. Is that correct? I would say so. Yes. I mean, how many times have you built the same component as someone else because you didn't know they'd already built it? Mm -hmm. And like we tried, I mean, in previous companies, we tried to build something similar to Bit, but not at that scale, right? But we tried to build our own in-house component library so that at least the developers could see what everyone else was building and be able to try and use it. And we tried to package it in NPM and, you know, we tried to do something similar and it, it was a solution, but it wasn't a great solution. And other solutions, we just duplicated code because it was... um. It was just easier to duplicate someone else's mm-hmm. component and then like modify it to yours, mm-hmm. but it's not the best way of working. And and Bit definitely solves that. So especially when you're working on large scale, large scale products, large scale applications, and you know many different applications, but they need they want to reuse the same component across mm-hmm. those applications. Which I mean, we've all gone into this internet world because of this lockdown, right? So yes. everything has gone bigger and bigger, and everything needs to be uh, completely you know, online, right? So mm-hmm. companies have started to build more things, uh, build more applications, and they've found it very difficult to scale because it's like, oh, we only built this for this particular, you know, use case, and now we we can't use what we built in this application. And, you know, you're hiring more people to come on board. And how easy is it for someone to build an application that's new to that to the product? It should be easy, right? If you have the building blocks, if they have all the tools, you should be able to ship applications really quickly. Yeah. So I I mean, I love this because, well, I I guess the the other thing I think about, which I feel like is a a big topic in a lot of companies is it's like the, okay, we need, uh, you know, a reusable, shareable component library. Right. Mm -hmm. And the second thing is design systems. So does bit incorporate the idea of a design system at all, or is that just completely separate? Yeah, for sure. So you can create and you should create um, your design system or you could use someone else's <laughs> if, uh, if, you know, if you have access to it, if someone else has created one. But yeah, if you create your design system, then you can like, you know, you can theme your components. You can use your components across different applications with different themes very, very, very easily. And the design, the- uh, the design team should own those components. They're in charge of those components. So one thing that's really important is about feature ownership, right? So design team owns that particular feature, that kind of, you know, all those components, they're theirs. And then the other team could be like the shopping cart team, right? And they should own not just the front end, but the back end part of it, the whole connection part, the microservices, serverless functions, and the UI part. And they're just using the design team's beautiful component to create their shopping cart. And they own that shopping cart. They own that feature. And therefore, they can modify, make changes, but they rely on the design team who built those beautiful design and the theme and the maybe the base components, right, from the UI library. And all teams can easily work together, which makes it like they work together, but work independently, which is really cool, right? Yeah, it's like you're basically creating a, because I guess when I've seen this before, it's like, okay, the, you know, there there's like an architect group or something. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we've decided to take these components. And now the date picker component is this component. You know, and 
but but what you're talking about, what Bit seems to enable is this idea of, hey, you know, it's almost like here's the repo, here's here, you know, here's the repo for like all the things all the teams can go in, all the teams can collaborate and all the teams have ownership over something. So it's almost ownership over like uh, the entire thing, which I think is much more effective than, you know, like a team of like five people or something deciding. But then how do you like, let's say the, um, let's say the shopping cart team and the, uh, you know, the design team, let's say have like two different date picker components you know, what happens then? Why would you have two different date picker components? <laughs> well, um, yeah, but like, <laughs> I mean, I think that's typically what I, what I see a lot in companies. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, this one team has these components. Okay. This other team has these components. Okay. Who gets to decide which is the component that is the master component that people will use, right? Like which date picker is the best? Um, yeah, <laughs> maintaining two date pickers is a nightmare, right? Because date pickers yeah. are horrible components. <laughs> so ideally, you would have one date picker. But yeah. should one team have a specific, um, I don't know, use case for that, they could have one version and the other team could use another version. So maybe they don't want to go to the next version because they don't require those features. So you yeah. can version your components. And then you can decide, right, well, I'm going to stay on this version. I don't want to go to the next version because you made this change and it doesn't suit my use case. Therefore, mm-hmm. we have the same component, just different versions, and, and that can also also work, right? So that's also a possibility. But maintaining <laughs> two components is just, um, it's, it's something we, we need to stop code duplication, right? Because yeah, yes. like I worked for a company once where we had like 20 product cards, right? And like mm-hmm. ask anyone out there, how many product cards have you come across in your application, right? It's just one of those ones that are constantly being used and created again and again because you need one small little change or one small little thing. So, you know, our aim is to kind of, to think about architecture a little bit more, to start like thinking about the components first and building the components so that they are reusable so that they're scalable, so that you can extend them, and so that they can be used across different projects, across different teams, without having to duplicate code and create those that code again and again. So you're almost like Bit almost helps um, developers and teams think more about the architecture. So like you're basically teaching architectural best practices in the um, in the form of components, in a sense. Yeah, and you know, that's a good point that you brought up because all a lot of developers out there, there's a lot of new people coming into the development world and it's great, it's really, really cool. And there's a lot of self-taught developers and they're amazing, they're absolutely brilliant. But you don't learn architecture at a bootcamp. Nobody teaches people architecture. They teach people to build stuff. Everyone goes out, they build their applications. And then like, you know, you have this kind of large scale type projects and, you know, no one's taught them how to do things properly. And if you start thinking and doing it properly from the start, it's actually a lot easier. But if no one shows you how to do that, uh, you learn the hard way and then you get frustrated and then you go, I need a solution to this problem. And I mean, I've built things wrong for so many years. Um, I've learned the hard way. And yeah, I mean, I think if we help people learn a little bit about architecture and think about things on a larger scale, even though they might only have one project, right? Today you have one project. Tomorrow, Next day, two years down the line, you or the company you work for could have a massive, large-scale um, product. And can you scale from the start? So if you think about that from the start, 
it's going to be a lot easier. But sometimes we do. We just we just try and ship very fast, and therefore we don't think about making it making things better from the start, right? So we don't we don't think in components at the start. We just think about getting something done, shipping it to production. Our boss is happy. We're happy. We got it done on time, right? And sometimes we need to take a step back and go, hang on a minute, let's do things properly. Kind of like testing, right? Yes. Yeah, that's actually a really interesting perspective. And I don't want to say, um, so, you know, I, I I went to school for marketing. I, I transitioned into development, uh, you know, what, five or six years ago or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it's kind of the same thing, right? Like, you know, marketing, you know, you can be on social media, you can do those things. But, you know, what about understanding, like, what the overall marketing picture looks like? And, you know, I learned that in college, because I went to school for that. And like, is that information useful? Like, I've never thought it was that useful, because it seems so basic, right? But yeah. I think what you're saying is pretty valid. It's like, okay, you know, you, you can understand how to develop something, but, uh, you know, taking a step back and probably what they tr- teach you in traditional, you know, computer science schooling is how to think about it. So, you know, maybe, maybe going into college is useful because you do have some architectural, you know, experience or background <laughs> learning there. They should teach that on like Udemy and things like that. So exactly. I, I, yeah, because exactly. I didn't go to college to study. Uh, I didn't go to university. So I, didn't, I don't have a computer science degree. So nobody taught me that. So I learned it from building applications, building things wrong, having to reuse things, having to duplicate code and then going, this is a nightmare. I can't cope with this anymore. And, you know, then you start learning how to do things a little bit properly. But um, but yeah, they really should teach it. Maybe we'll do that. We'll teach it. <laughs> I think you should definitely do that. That sounds like a really good Udemy class. We should do a workshop. Yeah. The bit. (laughs) So um, tell me a little bit more about, you know, I know you've been talking a lot about um, how to build in components and how to think in components. Um, What's some advice you have for people to do that? So, yeah, it's, it's kind of like you have to change how you think about things, or at least for me, I had to change how I think about things. And I started to kind of take things back a little bit and go, okay, so how do I do this? And um, I have a talk actually um, that's going to be out. And my my talk is basically based on IKEA, right? <laughs> and you're going, IKEA, what? Yeah, because IKEA builds in components, right? So if you think about how IKEA builds things, they don't think about one final end product. They think about endless final products and the possibility of reusing the components they build to actually just create anything you want, right? And they document it very well so that it's very easy for you to see what size it is, what color it can be, um, where can can it fit together. They don't recreate like their base components. What are their base components? They're like screws and bolts and stuff, right? You always get that bag of, you know, those horrible bags of Ikea stuff that you like um, with all those wooden things and everything's connected with this wooden thing that connects the other two things together. You think like, how is that even working? (laughs) But they don't recreate that because they have a team that just focus on that. And then the other team, they own that feature, which is the bookcase, the Billy bookcase, for example, who only make concrete components for the bookcase that uses the um, the screws and the bolts and the nuts and the wooden things from the other team, right? And by doing that, the next year, they can just extend Billy and make Billy bookcase a very different type of bookcase by just maybe creating one component different or a different component. You can interchange components very easily. You can scale. So if we think about 
how IKEA does things and think about inner application, then maybe we can build things better. I like that. I like that. I, I can't tell you how many projects that I've seen that, you know, um, gosh, what's a good example in real life? It's, I can't think of a good example in real life, but basically, you know, in a lot of applications, you see people building on top of something and then on top of something and on top of something and on top of something. And the issue of not thinking components is that once you try to do anything with that or refactor or add features, you know, you're having to think like 10 levels down of complexity versus if you just have a toolkit of, Hey, here's all my cool components. And you start architecting things in the form of components, then you're not having to, you know, um, deal with hot messes. And, you know, this probably helps. Well, I mean, I know it helps, but <laughs> I, I love it even more because I think it also helps with this idea of, um, making uh, feature development go much faster too, right? Like you, you have your playground, everyone's contributing, um, and you're not, ha you, again, you, you don't have so much, um, like, I don't know. I don't know if unmaintainable code is the right, you get what I'm saying though. It's just yeah, like, implication. you don't have as yes, much. Yes, yes, yes. Non-componentized code, I guess. <laughs> yeah. and, and unfortunately, like there's a lot of code out there that's, and it's not that it's really badly written. It's just that it was written probably a few years ago and mm -hmm. it needs it's legacy code. It needs to be updated. And mm -hmm. there's new developers coming in and they're going to work for companies where the code is just not nice, not fun. And it's like not really what they studied. It's not really what they learned. And they're just like, I want to do things right. And I think the developers out there nowadays want to build things from the start correctly. They don't want to end up in this legacy code base. They don't want to go there. And if they know how to do it from the start, they're not going to go. They're going to do it right. And I think if we can help people do things right, we're not going to have as much legacy code out there like we do. Yes. Well, I also think so. It's funny because I was talking to uh, my girlfriend, Alyssa, about about this. And we were talking about learning and mm -hmm. uh, different types of styles of learning and things. And we were, um, you know, giving examples of us learning JavaScript and, you know, different different people that I've paired with. Sometimes they're like, oh, yeah, you know, you, you can do it this way for now. And I'm just like, no tell me how to do it right. Like, even if I'm building a to-do app, right? Like, I don't want it to be dumbed down. I don't want to start learning, you know, not best practices. Like, if there's a better way to do something, tell me now, even in this to-do app, so that, you know, my my muscle of, you know, exercising that later on sticks. So I actually think there's a really good use case for a bit to be used in boot camps, because again, you're, you're basically teaching people architecture from the very get-go, Versus later on, uh, you know, when it's like almost too late, right? Like that's, yeah. So I'm going to start using bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, it's funny, right? Because if my website, which I built myself and I love my website, it's great. Um, it's not, but, <laughs> but I built it and I never expected it to be like so big with so many things because I didn't know I was going to like speak at so many conferences, do so many podcasts, et cetera, right? And the content has just like gone so big that I'm thinking of like separating it out and having like a second website that's, you know, only for my streaming to promote, you know, like when my live streams and stuff are. And then I'm like, right, how am I going to do that? Now I've got to duplicate my website. So I'll get clone my website and modify things. 
I don't have a way oh of sharing God. the components between it because I didn't yeah. build it the right way. And it's terrible, <laughs> but it's true. Yes. No, I totally love that because I could totally see myself creating like some sort of bit workspace. I don't know what you guys call them. And it's like, you know, Tracy's random websites or something, Yeah, <laughs> you know? And like the great thing is that, you know, if you create these components and they're really beautiful, I can use them as well because it's open source, right? Unless you want to pay for private stuff, which is also cool. And you can do that if you want. But if you made your components open source um, and public, you could say, hey, Debbie, I've created this really cool component. Do you want to use it? And I can use it. And and we can all share code even even further because like I have personally, I have taken components from uh, some of the Tailwind components to use in my application because I just don't want to build the same components the boring components again and again. So I'm using someone else's and that's cool because you can use someone else's. So I'm like quite happy to use other people's code, put it in and then like just have this amazing application faster and not have to like, you know, spend time building those unimportant things like forms and things like, you know. <laughs> I think another really cool thing, um, you know, at this dot we do a lot of consulting, but it's just like, mm -hmm. man, you know, what we could actually probably do is like, you know, because I mean, I can't tell you how many, you know, I mean, <laughs> how many times do we spin up the same thing for the same, you know, for different clients, you know, it's like, yeah. okay, we've literally built this component five times in the past week, you know, we could potentially have a library that also saves, you know, our customers money and saves us time of not having to continuously duplicate everything. Um, so no, I love, I love that as well. Um, yeah, this, this is really great for like, you know, as I, I used to work in an agency before Nuxt and we had that same issue, right? The designer designs components a certain way. We had these beautiful components using to create um, these websites. And then like another client would come in and it would be similar components, similar functionality, just kind of like minor changes, a little bit different. And we were just building it again and again and again. And because we had different teams who are working on different client projects, they didn't know that last week, um, this guy had actually built that same component, just slightly different. The designer knew, but it was like, well, he doesn't know what the, you know, the, the developers do. So he's like, here's your design and just go develop. And the developers between themselves weren't communicating. And like, I tried to try and document things or say like, take a screenshot of that component and let's create a, you know, an application, an LFI app where you can kind of see all the components, what people have done. And, and then like, go and ask Kim to where is that component or clone it or put it in a Git repo somewhere so we can all share it. And it was a nightmare to maintain. It was impossible to maintain. It was a great idea, but it didn't work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bit will help a lot in that kind of situation. It's so funny because like we're talking about Bit and it's not, I mean, it's an open source tool, which I think is really mm -hmm. cool. So no, Bit did not sponsor this, um, but I should talk about our sponsor because we actually do have a sponsor. So let me uh, pull that up. So uh, our today's sponsor is actually Dexsecure. And, um, you know, what they do is pretty cool. They actually help developers optimize images, JavaScript, HTML, fonts, videos, um, on your website automatically. So that's kind of cool because with it, you just don't have to, you know, figure out what the new compression technique is. Uh, Dexseeker kind of just does all the work for you. So, um, it's really easy to integrate. It probably takes about 10 minutes and your CDN bill 
gets lower, which is also nice because saving money is nice. Uh, and you can check out dexsecure.com slash modern web podcast for a free trial, which is nice. Um, that'll give you um, 40 or it, it'll actually double the normal limits to 40 gigabytes of CDN bandwidth and also give you 200,000, which is a lot, geez, um, optimization uh, requests free. So yeah, definitely check it out. Um, but yes, no, I mean, <laughs> bit is, it is so amazing. Like I can't, I can't wait to share it. I can't wait to talk about it. I mean, I even want to, I'm like, oh man, I want to play it with it and just like tell people because I mean, again, I can't tell you, you know, especially with all the work we do here at the stop for, uh, you know, helping junior developers and mid-level developers and, and this idea of just like leveling up in the industry, right? Like, I feel like this is a really amazing tool. Um, so you also talked about um, a new version and so, I mean, I know a lot of people are curious, like, okay, does this work in React? Does this work in Vue? Does this work in Angular? Can I use it with Svelte? Like, oh my gosh, tell us what we can do and can't do. And how do we uh, hack the system? <laughs> yeah. So we're actually um, in public beta at the moment um, with the version, the new version is called Harmony. Um, there is a link of the docs and you can kind of like go to it. And we're still, like, I'm, I'm working on the docs right now. I'm making it better. I'm improving things. We're improving things uh, by the minute. So because it's in public beta, as you know, when it's in beta, there are some kind of like errors that we need fixing. There are improvements that are being made. The team is working amazingly fast. It's actually incredible. Um, it's like every day there's something new added on. Like I made a video last week and now like that video is out of date because they've added all these cool features and it's like, oh my God, it looks much better now. <laughs> so um, so yeah, if you want to check it out, definitely check out the Harmony version, which is ver uh, version 15. It's a new version and it's in public beta. It is only available in React right now because we're in public beta. The legacy version had Angular and Vue and React. Uh, but this one, so I, I say only React, but I'm actually wrong in saying that. It's React Node and React Native. So you can still build like middleware and you know anything like JavaScript that you want, right? So, um, but if you want to use like framework kind of uh, components, then it needs to be React, React Native or JavaScript. Uh, you can do what you want with, with Node. And that's the great thing, right? It's not just about, when we talk about components, we think UI components all the time, don't we? We, yeah, we yeah. developers, we kind of think like it's a component, right? But yeah. everything can be a component. So a serverless function isn't UI, it's a component. Uh, a React hook is a component, right? Or how we see components. So just um, people listening just kind of think that components are not just UI components. Uh, you can actually build backend microservices as well. Yes. Uh, bit. Is there like a visual? I mean, I, I you know, I, I just remember like uh, the view GUI, for example, mm -hmm. you know, and kind of generally our lives trying to become more visual. Like, is there a good visual representation of this where you can be like, oh, here's where all my microservices are. Oh, here's where all my UI components <laughs> yeah. are. So this is called the workspace, right? And um, once you kind of like, you know, tag your components and send them from your, from your repo to the workspace, uh, then they're available for everyone to see. And, and you can even go to my one and you can see my horrible components that I created. <laughs> I've only created a few and they're terrible. And you go to bit, uh, team bit and they have like, there's so many components you can use from there. And what we show you with the components is documentation. You can see composition. So you can see like, I'm gonna use a simple example of a button where you can see primary, secondary, but you can also see like a hero component and you can have that composed. You can see a list component. You can see how it's composed. Um, there's testing, so you can actually see that the tests have passed 
like direct in the workspace, right? So the manager who has no coding experience can go to the workspace and see that that component has passed the test. It doesn't have to go into the like, you know, the repo to see it, for example. Um, what else is there? There's dependencies. You can actually see the whole dependency graph of what dependencies that component has before you even use it or install it. Um, and then there's a really cool tool coming out. I really like that, by the way, the dependency graph. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's amazing. Like, <laughs> and, and also in the, um, in the actual workspace, you can actually click a button and see the code. Right. So someone can actually look at that code and then you could like say to your developer, oh, my God, what were you doing? That is terrible written code. No, you shouldn't say it like that. You should say it really nicely. But you know what I mean? <laughs> you can see the code and you can you could also copy the code if you wanted to. Right. But you can you should be installing the component, not just copying the code because that defeats the whole purpose. Right. Um, but, yeah, that's all in the workspace and it's really easy to see. And what's really important is about separating your your components into kind of like scopes so that it's easy, like design, have this one, so it's easy to find later on. Don't just throw them all into one, you know, one big area and one big library, like an NPM package would have one scope name and then everything just goes in that, right? So in Bit, we like to have the design, the base UI, the shopping cart, the et cetera, et cetera. And then it's easier to control and, you know, naming is hard, so you gotta like think of good names <laughs> for your features. Um, I'm literally um, yeah. right now. I'm like so obsessed. I mean, I kind of knew a little bit about Bit before we started talking, but now I'm just like, oh my god. Yeah, so there's something well. else I should tell you, but this is this yeah. is like almost finished. It's it's yeah, it's working, but it's it's not out. And this is something mm -hmm. else because it's it's so cool, and that's called Ripple CI. And what it does is it's gonna like update the dependencies of that component. So if you create a new version of your component because you modified something, etc. And that component depends on, maybe it, it depends on GraphQL, for example, and something else. It's going to update all the dependencies that that component has as well. So it just makes like your life much easier. And so you don't have to like manually update all of the dependencies. So it just kind of, and it shows you in real time what's being updated and if the tests pass for all those other components. And then you can like decide, yes, I'm going to like accept that, you know, that version. Yes, I want that version of my project. That's great. That's brilliant. So really, like it's there's amazing things coming. Like it's it's so exciting. It's really yeah. cool. It sounds like a magical unicorn. So I can't wait yeah. to like start using the product <laughs> and then submitting tons of issues on why I can't figure things out. And then no, just watch my video and then like you can just follow along. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yes. I mean, send me the link too. Um yeah, but you I just have to follow a bit on, on YouTube and then like we have um a YouTube channel and I'm creating videos as I'm learning things, I'm making videos. Oh my, um, yes. of my learning experience. So it's like really like Debbie's learning how to do this and yes. then you can learn while I learn. <laughs> but also, so I want to mention your Twitter handle. So it's uh, at Debs underscore O'Brien. So, you know, um, if you're, you know, if you have complaints about the documentation, yeah, but like, you know, feel free to ask her as well. And I mean, are you guys, you know, since it's open source, like, do you guys have open source contributors? Do you accept pull requests? Yeah, for sure. And what we would love as well is for the community to get involved more. And, you know, like we we did um, a call with the Gatsby team there recently. And they were like, you know, we were playing with them, you know. So imagine if they kind of like did something for us and built a Gatsby environment so that we could easily, you know, like if someone wants to build 
imagine Evan decided, hey, I'll build a, you know, the um, the view <laughs> environment. Then we'd have view on it tomorrow, right? So we only have so many people on the team, so we have so many things to do. If we get the community involved and they want to like create things, because it's really easy to extend it. It's really easy to build new environments. It's really easy to just extend it and build new things. So the more people that kind of like contribute, then, you know, the faster we can get things done for sure. So yeah, so totally open to pull requests and um, creating things and making things better. I love that. I'm also going to invite you on to JavaScript Marathon so you can talk us talk to us about like, you know, how to do component architecture right because yeah. that, is, that is, you know, that's that's something that I feel like people are craving and it's it's so funny because like you can have two different perspectives on the world. One is that, oh my gosh, there's so much content out there, which there is. But also, oh my gosh, there's so much new content that needs to be out there. And I think, um, you know, the architecture conversations and tools to be able to enable architecture are things that um, people want and people are looking for, but that people don't get as much as, you know, it's, it's like all in just random people's brains, right? So... This is really this is really cool, and again, I love this idea of like extending the idea of a component architecture outside of the idea of just UI components. I think that's really important too, um, and it's yeah. definitely something that I've been seeing the industry kind of talk about way more, um, and and kind of like looking for these tools. So, yeah, watch out for JavaScript Marathon. JavaScriptMarathon.com is the website, and um, Debbie, hopefully, you'll say yes when we invite you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. I can't wait. So, you know, my last question for you is like, you know, so you were at Next and now you're a bit. Mm -hmm. And these are both like two amazingly cool open source companies and projects and tools. How how do you find cool jobs like this? Like <laughs> They found me, like both of them. <laughs> so um, yeah, Nuxt was because I, I was working for the agency and I was advocating for Nuxt and using Nuxt because I found it it's super easy. It's great and easy to get developers on board and get you know products shipped to production fast. So for me, Nuxt was a winner and I just started advocating. And then at a conference, the, the Chopin brothers approached me and, and they had just started the Nuxt as a company. So they had funding and then they obviously wanted me to come on board. And I had no intentions of leaving Nuxt. And then this company came along and they found me on Twitter, believe it or not. Like people, you know, Twitter is important. Hey, <laughs> um, Twitter, sign up now. Yeah. So they found me on Twitter and they contacted me. And um, and I, I did say no to them like three times um, because I was happy in my job, right? You have a job, you don't, you don't need a job. But when they sent me the code and I started looking at what the code was, what, what this was doing, it was like, wow, this is this is like so much bigger than what I'm doing right now. Like I could expand so much. And obviously I was very scared because it's React and I'm more like a Vue developer. So it's learning a new thing. But what got me was like, you know, this these are solving the problems that I've been having for all these years. And this is a solution to all those problems. So yeah. I would use this. And if I would use this, I can advocate for it. I know. I mean, seriously, like you're going to turn me like 
start an ambassador program already. I'm like, oh my gosh, when, you know, but, I mean, it's always a question of time, but like, honestly, people, like if you're looking to get excited and interested about something, uh, you know, talk about these things. Cause I, I mean, I remember when, you know, uh, you know, material design came out and I was like, oh my gosh, material design, it's so pretty. You know, angular material came out and I was such a heavy advocate for those types of things. And I think, uh, yeah. And, you know, I love, I love this as well because it's, it's, it's like, I feel like all last year we were asking ourselves, or at least a lot of me and my friends were asking ourselves, like, what are we excited about? Like, we're not excited about anything. Like, what's going on in the JavaScript world, you know? And it's interesting because you look at the, um, you know, the UI frameworks out there and a lot of them have kind of, you know, it's like, okay, we've solved all our problems. We've solved yeah. state management. Okay, we've solved... Uh, improving the CLI to where it needs to be, you know, we're solving server side rendering in X, Y, and Z ways, whatever. Um, and it's really kind of like these, these new things, right? Like what you're talking about and some of the other cool things that I feel like are happening, like, um, compilation, no, invite, for example. Yes, yes. And like, God, I feel like compilation was a hot, hot thing like even Jason Miller from Preact was like super stoked on his new project too and then you look at like Redwood and yeah. Blitz as well so I I definitely put bit as kind of like one of the top things of like hey if you're bored and you're really looking to actually care about something and get excited again about your job like definitely look into this <laughs> yeah definitely and if, if you're like in architecture or just the developer bring it to the architects and say hey this can solve our problems and you know, be the yep. one to take it forward and test it out. And and we're actually, we have a great team behind us. And we have like um, a Slack channel and stuff. So you can actually go in there. You can ask for help. And we're kind of quite happy to jump on a call and help developers out of their stuff. So reach out to us. And we're going to do a lot of community events as well soon. But we're totally up for, hey, I'm stuck. I'm trying to build this uh, and I need your help. Well, just let us know because we'll be there to help you. Oh my gosh. Well, I might have to ask you to compare with me someday soon. <laughs> It'll be on YouTube, folks. I know. I'll just send you a link to my video. That's <laughs> yeah, well, thank you so much for joining us. We really enjoyed um, learning about, you know, Bit. And thank you so much for all the amazing contributions you've done, like the, the View community, the Next community definitely wouldn't be the same without you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm joining the React community. <laughs> I know. And they need that too. So I'm super excited. They've been excited. really supportive. They've been really welcoming. It's been really nice so far. Yeah, actually, um, shameless bug plug. So we actually do React Contributor Days. And that's happening very soon. So I'll definitely extend an invite to you for that. Cool. Well, yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, again, follow Debbie on Twitter at Debs yeah. underscore O'Brien. Um, continue the conversation there. You can follow me on Twitter at Lady Leet. I'm always open to hearing about what, what new topics you all care about and uh, interviewing awesome people. So appreciate you listening to this week on the Modern One Podcast, and we'll see you next time.
This podcast is sponsored by This.Labs, a framework agnostic consultancy that specializes in JavaScript. You can find them at this.co slash labs. That's T-H-I-S-D-O-T dot C-O slash labs. Let's go, cause we got a show for you.